This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 17. My guest today is a friend of mine from Coldell, Alberta. He and his family farm about 1,600 acres and milk about 170 cows. They also have a custom chopping and bagging business, and he's on today to tell us all about it. Please welcome Gideon Stouchestike. Gideon, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you. Um, tell me a bit about your farm and uh, what's a normal day for you? Mm. So we got 160 cows just outside of Coldale. Um, Freestall barn. Uh, we got a double eight herringbone part of there. I guess, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. A normal day for me, I, I just, uh, I don't do much. I, I yeah. do a lot of... <laughs> I sit around and uh, make sure everything works. We got a yeah. lot of good employees, and that's that really helps, right? Um, yeah. So we got uh, Denver Outsorn. He's our herdsman. Okay. He takes a lot of the the breeding and stuff into that, and then um, we've got some good good milkers. Um, so in the winter time, you I get usually feed two times a day. Three times, three times. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. Uh, all summer I spend my my months on the harvesting crew, and then in the winter oh, yeah. I come back and I. You guys do custom harvesting yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So, so. You guys have a few trucks and stuff, right? Or yeah, we what, have, how would you describe the size of the? Custom? I I don't know. We've got uh, four choppers. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, two dozen trucks, and um, four baggers. So. Four baggers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's that much demand for bagging, eh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we we go all the way up to. If you drew a line um, at Red Deer to the Saskatchewan yeah. border, everything south of that we do. And then wow. we do about um, to Swift Current in Saskatchewan. Huh. That's, it's worth it to, to drive all the way up there. Yeah, well, we've been built you around... big jobs. I no, we, we get lots of small jobs. One big, oh. two day. We were built around um, dairy farmers and uh, ranchers. Just the small jobs that nobody else would do. Huh. Those kind of work, yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's, that's a how crazy business model. Like. Yeah, just trying to provide quality feed, and that's what guys come back and say. Yeah, we, you guys got it on time. And yeah, I mean, I can speak for that. It yeah, bags is really good feed. Um, so, for me, it's mostly because everything else blows away. No, oh, yeah. Try to put it on a pile. Yeah. It just blows away. Well, yeah. and that also just because of the size of my herd. Whatever, I milk forty cows. So right. Yeah. I my face has to be really small. Really right? small. Yeah. Even yeah. now, I use like. Mm-hmm. Just barely a foot a day or something on yeah. a, on a fourteen foot bag. Yep. You guys do fourteen foot bags or all twelves so far, 12, and okay. then we'll have a fourteen foot this year, so that'll move us up to five. Is that bangers. the new the new track bag? No, or we, I I don't think we'll go with that one. We maybe they're just it's got to like we don't do big jobs, so it's got to be reasonable price machine. Like I right. can't go out and so it'd be a used egg bagger probably, mm-hmm. same size fourteen feet, and we currently run all egg baggers, so also add another one to the crew. What do you mean? You don't do any stacks, like any any piles? Yeah, we do lots of piles. Okay. But we currently run just egg bagers, no JBS track packs. No. Oh, okay. There's a difference in the brand name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what kind of parlor do you have? A double eight herringbone, and it's a Bowmatic. The last upgrade we got was in 2002, where we went to automatic takeoffs, and so that's the latest, okay. greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And what kind of um, herd management software do you guys... A dairy comp. Okay. Yeah, and then we we are yeah like 
another thing we, we added in, a few of the technologies that have that have really helped us is we got a heat time. You know, that works really well for uh, getting our conception rates. The right. average on our farm is 42%. Conception rate? Yeah. Okay. So we got a really good one, and then we got the, the ones that are, that aren't good, but... Oh, I, yeah. I would Believe say that. Yeah, I got those too. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the average for 42, I think that's best. Like, we used to be all the way down like 25. Like, we weren't good at it, and mm-hmm. you just weren't consistent catching heats. And, and then, so now that with heat time and everybody knowing how to breed, we're always bang on, always getting it at the right time. Yeah. And another thing we got into uh, years ago, uh, we bought this system out of Europe called Dairy Tuner, and that tracks our, our feed. Um, so, is that on the on a collar or something too? Or? No, it's actually on the on the feed wagon, so it measures how oh, much okay. goes in. Um, but we've recently upgraded to Alltech system called um, InTouch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now we've got that, and just the scale, right? Not the uh, not the feed wagon that they sell. No, just the scale. Okay. Yeah. But the, with but being able to you know change your rations daily, being able to you know watch intakes, watch re- refusals, and just be able to get that down perfect. Right. So it basically records how much you feed every day, yeah, and yeah, and tells you. Oh, I guess you have to enter how many cows you have. Yeah, well, every day you go up and you say, "Well, I got 162 cows in the barn." You punch in 162, and it makes that much feed exactly. Right. Right, and then you do that. We feed twice a day, and so in, oh, okay. In the morning, it should be empty, right? And if there's if it's not empty, you scoop it up. Throw right. it next wagon, and oh, that's your okay. refusals. Oh, and you feed that again to the same And then group? we feed that. No, we feed that to our steers. Right, yeah. Yeah, but we feed in the morning directly. So we, we unload a load in the morning directly after feeding, after milking. Right. And then one more in the afternoon directly after milking. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then somebody loads up for the next morning, so it's consistently. All year fed, round you do that? All year round. Huh. They get fed at 7.30 whenever they're done milking, and they get fed at 4 whenever they're done milking. Huh. And what have you seen with that uh, when you switched to doing that? Uh, well, we've had it for a long time, but I think, so Nutrisource does a return on feed, and um, I wouldn't say our milk production's that good, but our cost on feed is incredibly cheap compared to okay. dairy farms. So we're not like top 10, top, you know, on return over feed. You're, you're working to get there. We're, we're working to get there. <laughs> but we can say, look, we do have one of the lowest yeah. feed costs. So I think we're at 758 per cow per day, which is... That's awesome. That's is really low. So uh, we do other things like uh, earlids, right? We take just the cobs off. Right, yeah. So we saw it's just the cobs, and then you get that high-moisture corn, which, you know, less barley at the feed, and right now barley's expensive, right? Right, yeah, no no kidding. Um, what other crops do you guys grow? Uh, hay. Uh, we've got 400 acres of hay. We do 250 acres of corn, and then the rest cash crops. Is that irrigated? Irrigated, all it's irrigated. It's all irrigated? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys are, are you guys right next to the golf course? Right next to the golf course, yeah. In, uh, what's that, Land, Land Lakes? Lakes yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I've put a few balls in there. Yeah. And probably clubs, too. I mean, clubs, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, like, at the end of the year when we do our financials, this is how we do it. We, we just count how many golf balls we picked up and sold back to the golf course. That's, that's like the other source of revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's 300 bucks we can call it a good year. What about clubs going through every metal detector you have on? Yeah, you find, what's this doing here? Yeah, yeah. Have or, you guys found lots of clubs? No, we haven't, oh. but we will pick them up with a rotary disc bind or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's all irrigated, so that's pretty good Pretty good soil. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's good soil. We've got, you know... The good, the bad, good land, the bad land. Like every farmer has, I think. Right. right. Yeah. Is the river kind of 
Is that right over the edge there? I, I haven't really explored that part of Alberta. No, like the river's um, north of us, the old man. Yeah. It's about it's still north of you. Ten, yeah, ten minutes north of us. Oh yeah, I'm thinking the uh, the belly. Is that? That's way down there. Actually. That's yeah. That's yeah. way further south. Yeah. 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 Huh. The, like we have the Stafford Lake right next to us. That's the closest. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so. And what's your um, production like with that cost of feeding? Like that's a really good. Cost yeah. Of so I wouldn't say our production's good. Like I think we were at thirty six, and then four one four was our last pickup. Yeah. So it's yeah. not good, right? And yeah, so our barn, our barn was built in nineteen eighty six. Okay. So it's an old, old barn. Yeah. The inspector came the other day and says, yeah, for the age of this barn, it's, it's really nice, but you got to do something with the roof falling in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. Um, so Is it insulated? Like it's, it's rotting yeah, out? Or? Yeah, it's just rotting out. Like the humidity every yeah. winter, it just erodes the inside. I've seen lots of guys with, um, like they put really nice white tin on the inside when they build it. And even that tin, it just starts rusting away. Yeah, eventually. so we had it. It was, tin, it was white tin. Now it's uh, brown tin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just, just goes. I, I think, yeah, I don't know what the right way to do it. We've looked at several barns. We're not sure exactly what the right way to build it is. But we got to build a new barn one day. Huh. And are you guys thinking of expanding, or what's kind of the plan for <sighs> the future? Yeah. Like, kind of see? You kind of see, right? Like, yeah. We've got two businesses, right? So we have something to compare to and say, like, okay, right. this is how this business performs. And they're both different. Like, one business is an equity-based business, lots lots of equity. And the other business is straight cash. All you generate is cash. And equipment's worth nothing after for five years of using it. You just you can call it a write-off. So it just generates cash. But the, the, the return on the dairy, like, for your equity is just so poor, like... Yeah, especially lately. Just, yeah, especially lately. And then, you know, so... Hmm. Yeah, so put the money where the um, the best return is. So kind of what you would think, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not like we can say, okay, like with dairy, you can buy 50 kgs and start milking 50 kgs, right? Like you can sure. buy the cows and, and start producing it. Yeah. And, the other, and the, with, the, with the harvesting, you can't just spend a half million dollars there or, you know, millions of dollars there and right away get more work. It just doesn't work like that, right? Right. It's, You're taking that chance. Yeah. So... Um, but it's it's like buying land. Quota has been good. Yeah, generally speaking. Generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. Like when we build a new barn, we might go to 200 cows. That's about That'd it. That'd be nice, yeah. That'd be nice, yeah. We want to make it efficient, you know, five, four or five robots and just... Work. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be <laughs> nice, yeah. When we were in Quebec, we seen a dairy farm with 300 cows. Um, and it was operated by one guy. But they didn't take care of the, the heifers or anything, right? All he did okay. was wash the cows. But one guy had to milk 300 cows. Well, we got like six people employed to take care of 160. Like, Yeah. Uh, I've talked to more guys about that, their cost of labor and stuff, and they generally, they they seem to like, or, or they're, they're more willing to spend money on labor than other things sometimes. I know it's... It differs with robot guys, but sometimes they're like, "Oh, I don't mind having that other, you know, that other guy hanging around." Yeah, yeah. This, this, and that. It's just like tough to find good labor, and then, and then, right. What do you pay them, and then you know, yeah. Yeah. How many um, employees do you have? Uh, six, I think. Okay. I don't know. We F- got, six full time or? Uh, no, we got uh, two full time, two part time, and then the night milker, 
and then some kids that came out of school. So it's oh, two, yeah. four, uh, six, seven. Yeah. Huh. And what's your kind of uh, position? You manage a bunch of it, or what do yeah, you do? I I just kind of sit to the sideline because if like if I I used to run the day, but if I leave for the summer and then come back, it just it just didn't work. And so we got sure. these people in place. So you take care of it, you run it as well as you can, and then um, right. when I come back, well then I don't know what to do with myself. Right? But <laughs> so you do stalls. Yeah, I do stalls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sweep the floor, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, no, and your parents are still on the farm. Uh, yeah, or your parents. Run yeah, the they farm? well, they still own the farm, right? Yeah, I, right. but I don't even know what my dad does. I don't think he's milked the cow in fifteen <laughs> years. So he's more involved in the uh, custom side of things. Too? No, he's not involved in any of that either. Actually, oh, he um, yeah, I don't know what he does. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure he does <laughs> lots. So he's on the Agro Foods board. Right and yeah. uh, and a few other boards. So he's doing a he does a lot of traveling. Not lately, of course. He's in the house on his laptop all the time. But he yeah. does does travel a lot. I would quite a bit, quite a bit. He's gone. Huh. Yeah. And he loves it. So that's all fine. And he doesn't need to be around anymore, right? Right. So. So yeah. you but you oh you're saying you got a herdsman for the we got the herdsman yeah and then so and then I take care of all the financial. Okay. Yeah, so I take care. Did you go to school for that? Or? I did one year of business. Okay. That was a waste of time. That was enough. <laughs> that was an absolute waste of time. Huh, no. Why is that? I just, I honestly, I didn't learn much, and then, like, well, I bought you a house. Took it in Olds or something. No, I, <laughs> I took that. <laughs> I took a left, left bridge. Um, but I, I, when I was sixteen, I bought bought my first property, a rental oh, yeah. property, and cool. and then every two years after that. So I'm in college here, and they're telling me how it's it's such a bad return. But you look at what I'm worth now at at the age of 22. Well, it's, it wasn't a dumb idea because the buddies, my classmates, the ones working at Caps and the Lethbridge Mall, and the other ones working at the registration shout office. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, shout, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> hey, Dustin, how you doing? <laughs> but I, yeah, I, sure, yeah. I, I just, I didn't feel like I was learning much, and um. Huh. But you know. do all the payroll and all that all stuff the payroll, on the farm. Yeah, yeah. All the, on both businesses, right? Huh. Um, so your day to day is the office stuff and yeah. uh, that yeah. side of things. And yeah, and then um, so like Denver, he's, he's a very good cow person. The other hired hunt, Esther, she's very good with the calves and those kind of things. But none, but no, none of the people we have employed are mechanically inclined. Okay, so yeah, I was going to ask that. You go I, to your shop guy and stuff. Yeah, so I do a lot of that, like a lot of the welding. Ed, the things that they they can't... Sure. They, 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 yeah. That they've never done, I guess. I, I think it's important that they learn, but... Yeah. I do most of that. Cool. What does your um, calf program look like? Mm. Um, like, run me through um, when a calf's born... Uh, what do you guys do? What's your protocol? If it stands up, we keep it. If it doesn't stand up in 20 minutes, we shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> He's <No>. joking. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Uh, I think it's the, same, it's the same for everybody. Uh, we try bottle feed them as soon as possible. So we always have the colostrum on hand in, in, the, in that freezer. So we, we try to get that in right away. Um, yeah, I think the, the basics, we start with um, four quart. Uh, bottles up to a month and then we we bump it up to six it's tough for us to because our calf hatches are only built for those four quarts so we have a oh, few yeah. that are built for the six quarts and so we um after after a month we move into those ones and then okay. at about a month and a half they get moved into our calf barn 
there they're kept for a month, a month and a half to three months, and then they get put outside. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we keep uh, the bulls, we keep the heifers, um, but we do all uh, sex AI, right? So oh, all? 100%? All, 100% all, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. If, I guess not all. Actually, no, that's not true. But almost all the heifers that we want to keep, they are sexed. Um, but the the last year cows will breed them to Angus, right? Get one more cow. Okay. Them. Yeah. But um, I think like we find like if you're gonna do it, just go all out. You might you might do well. And I th- right, we've, but we've like done that. It's twice as expensive. Twice. It's we always it. have. I th- I find it's maybe it's something we gotta look at too. But it's always nice every sure. month having heifers to sell. And we because we okay, had yeah. two hundred fifty customers on under Creekside. And a lot of those are colonies. I have contacts with lots of dairy farmers right. that'll pick up. Like we always are always selling heifers. Always. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely where it pays off. Then, and I don't. Yeah, like I just like if you're gonna do it, just just do it, um, and just put the best genetics. We're always not always. We kind of try match them, right? <laughs> but yeah. we do put a high the best that we can for each cow. The first five ship breedings. If it doesn't get pregnant on the fifth one. She's out the you door. You shoot her. I mean, yeah. it, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> we shoot her, yeah, no. It's just tough at that point to justify because you, you've dumped a lot of money into that cow. Right. Now it's time to find a way to get it back. And yeah. If she doesn't catch, she goes to clean up home. Right, yeah. And hopefully she catches it. Um, but... Uh, and who manages that sort of decision-making? Debra Elzer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, huh. he's, he's really, really good. Really happy with him. He does all the, the your genetic strategy. All the genetics as well, yeah. Like huh. some people just have a knack for that, eh? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when I go home, I read about like hot rods and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he reads about bowls. Like, yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, some guys are really into that. What do you do in your spare time? Spare time? Mm. We just moved to the farm, so I'm renovating that house right now. Okay. So doing a bunch of that, yeah. Um, and then throughout the winter, I do a lot of traveling. Um, visiting all the customers, right? Right. So, yeah, two years, I do about 140,000 kilometers on a pickup truck. Really? All so, the way up to Red Deer and just... Just all over the keeping, place, right? Keeping yeah. tabs on... Keeping tabs on everybody. How's the silage doing? Like, like, how's it working? Are your are huh. beef cows growing, right? Yeah. Those kind of things. I had um, mold balls in my bags at one point. I yeah. think it was last year or the year before. Yeah. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. What color? Uh, blue-ish. Blue-ish, they're about okay. five inches round, and they're about four or five feet up All in the bag. throughout the bag? Just always at five feet, um, like maybe every ten feet in the bag. It just, is it, is it spotty, or like is it yeah. down here and then up no, there? No, always like five feet up, probably somewhere around there, if the bag is like eight feet tall or whatever. Oh. Those are on 12-foot bags. Yeah. But I, it... I was just kind of imagining the rollers or whatever is going packing it, maybe yep. some air or, or whatever, but it was always just kind of this ball in the middle of perfectly fine packed silage. Typically, yeah. Like, Barley silage. Yeah, we don't really see that. Like, okay, like, I was just at Winifred Colony, and they had mold throughout the bag, and that's because their crop had gotten hailed on, right? So you, there's two ways huh. you can get mold in your bag. From the crop, when it's harvested, if you got, you know, mold on your plant, fusarium, oh, those kind of things. When they get chopped, they put it in the bag. There's nothing like we can do to change that. Right. So hailed on crop, horrible for that. Um, drought stressed crop, crops like severely drought stressed and harvested. Because you're putting air in there? Like it's drier? Or? No, it's just some of them, they just like, it's just bad feed and you can't yeah. make bad feed going into the bag. 
better. You just can't. Like, okay, if yeah. it's good in the field, yeah. it'll be good in the bag. But if it's yeah. not good in the field, so we see that. But then, if you're if we're seeing white s- spots on the outside, we know to check for holes in the bag. Right. White yeah. mold by is by the air. Once you start getting the colors, that's like bad mold. That's stuff you don't want to be feeding to your cows. Yeah. So white's white's okay if it's cool. You can you can get by with it. But as soon as you get your greens, your blues, your purples, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Okay. So what what kind of mold is that then? Um, Dan Chapman, our uh, nutritionist, he once told me, but I can't remember. I just know it's bad. Huh. Yeah. And all the other mold you can apparently we get can, away with. Yeah, we can, you like can get away mold. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you just got to be careful. You don't feed excesses of it. Like maybe drop your, yeah. your dry matters on that. Um, but. Huh. Yeah. And what are you guys bagging mostly? Just all barley silage? A lot or? of barley silage, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And you guys switching to wheat? And yeah. It's, it's picking up, yeah. Yeah. I don't think the feed quality is there. Like I'll, I'll look at their feed tests every now and then. I think you'll, you'll do better off of a good barley silage. Just more of, um, what is it, more starch? Yeah, with more the, uh, starch, barley? more energy out of your barley that we're seeing. And so, Sorry. yeah. Huh. So there's different varieties of wheat and there's different varieties of barley. Maybe these guys, this wheat silage isn't what it's meant for silage, but we are seeing uh, better feed from the barley still. Huh. And, and lots of ear lidge? No. No, we just got 300 acres of ear lidge we do a year. Oh, yeah. Not many guys did. You got to look at, like we do it because we look at our land. We're sixteen thousand an acre. Yeah, by Coldale. Yeah, it's... when we and and we have a lot of land, so. Um, How many want acres cap- do you guys farm? Sixteen hundred. Okay. But so we want to capitalize on land because of the price, and so if we can grow a seven um, or this year wasn't as good. We got four and a half metric ton uh, dry, so, and that's worth it's. 70% of the value of dry barley, so was it 220 a metric ton? So that's 220 times four and a half. That's a, that almost a thousand bucks. Well, it's like two, 275 right now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's almost a thousand bucks. So you can grow barley or you can grow this, but I think our return is higher growing uh, the year legend. And that's why we grow it. We're just looking at profit right. per acre, right? We got we to gotta capitalize. Yeah, for sure. Because we're grain farmers as well. We're, we're land farmers as well, right? So. What's the name of your uh, custom business? Uh, Creekside Custom Harvesting. Creekside Custom Harvesting. And how can people get you to come out and bag their feed? Uh, we have a website. Um, we've got advertising in all different kinds of papers, but you can just, just Google Creekside Custom Harvesting and right. read it there. Or you can you can call me on that, like, 4003, you know, 331-8672. Okay. And, and uh, what about, are you guys looking for customers west of here, or...? Like how far anywhere. would you go? Like we'll go. Like we, yeah. Like as I said, we we've, we've gone everywhere, everywhere. Right. Everything that we we've, we've got is set up to travel. Oh, yeah. Nice. We've got five thousand liter uh, fuel tanks. We got everything. Right? So how do you are all the baggers on trailers then, or you put them on low they, boys? No, they uh they get they got two wheels that we that we drag them on right. Oh okay so yeah the, yeah. The track pack's different. It's got the tracks. Our baggers they've got four wheels, and then you just pick up the one end, put it on right. the back of a pintle hitch on a truck. Yeah. And you just drag the two wheels. And so we can only do 60 kilometers an hour when, when you're up like that, but it's, it's fast enough. Like Yeah. And all your customers are pretty happy with... Uh, Very happy so far, right? So yeah, far. So far. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, we ran into struggles and problems with the corn last year with that frost. 
Oh yeah, right? yeah. So we ran. Was that into, last year? Yeah. That was last year. Yeah. So, um, they were dragging tractors from out oh. here from guys tractors yeah. and buggies they needed, right? Because uh, you yeah. normally do silage with uh, tandem trucks. Tandems, yeah. Right? So like Greenwood Colony, I think it's just on the road from here, right? Yeah. We, we yeah. did corn silage there, but we would hook up to a four wheel drive or a, a quad track, and they would just drag us to the field all day. Yeah. <laughs> Super good for the oh, yeah. equipment. Yeah. We didn't wreck anything. I think if you just you keep your head on your shoulders, you shouldn't wreck stuff. Yeah, if you just got be good drivers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now, you ever had any cables come through the windshield? Nope. Um, so we buy all those those big uh, tow ropes, the ones that stretch. Right. Because it's just, yeah. yeah, it's sketchy otherwise. We've had trucks so stuck that, you know, quad, four wheel drives wouldn't get them out. Like, we need two quad tracks. Like, Ugh. hard on the axles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, we had a live floor, and I think the, the box is five feet off the ground or, or something like that. It was sunk. Like, you couldn't see the wheels, nothing. The box was laying on the ground. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, it would just disappeared, just sank out of sight. Huh. Yeah, and those are the ones, yeah. You think, oh, boy, we're going to rip the engine. You know, a couple of years ago, we, had, we were helping somebody else, and, uh, yeah, they hooked their tractor up to their truck, went full tilt, and ripped the front end of the truck right off. The front end? Yeah, what engine and everything. Pulled Serious? it right out. Yeah, pulled it right out. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So the frame snapped somewhere? Yeah. I don't know what they were pulling on. I wasn't there. Maybe they were pulling onto the... I don't know what you'd pull on to rip all that out. Yeah. Hood, everything. Pulled it all off. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine. He sent a clevis through... Oh, he got the sprayer stuck, and then he's pulling it out with four-wheel drive. And then the clevis came through the the back window of the four-wheel drive yeah. and took out the buddy seat and then went out the front window. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, I hate pulling trucks and I, well, if I don't have to, I won't do it, but sometimes you just, you got to get stuff done and that's what we ran into last year. Yeah. So you know, guys, like, we could sit around here and wait, but then all the corn would just end up being moldy and so. So you just got to send it. We just got to send it, yeah. Waited for it to warm up, so we were putting four wheels and silage into a pit and went at it to the muck. Huh. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, sorry I can stretch more on the dairy, right? But yeah, it's because you don't really do anything. Yeah, I don't really do much dairy, right? right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, thanks for coming out. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 17 with Gideon Stouchestike. If you're looking for other dairy farming podcasts, check out the Bulls, Beers, and Barn Talk podcast. Join me again next week. 